Hey everyone, welcome back to Wiki University, the podcast where we connect weird topics across Wikipedia. I'm your professor for the day, and as always, I'm joined by WikiU's number one student, Jason Nunez. Oh, I didn't introduce my name. It's okay. Hi guys. Introduce <laughs> hey guys, I'm, J- I'm, I'm Jason Nunez, and just to start off, a friendly reminder to just rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I heard you can review now on Spotify. Is that true? You can. I've heard. And also, my name's Kyle Berset. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. First, the important stuff. And you can review on Spotify. Show us some love, guys. Uh, aside from that, thank you for uh, coming along this ride with us. And if it's your first time, an extra special thank you, because this is going to be a real toy one. I have uh, today, I brought myself a nice little topic. Something, can, can I be honest? Yes. I kind of like a little bit of me wants to like end up like my topic. Same. We should do it together and I, podcast about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, my topic for today is a uh, an, a former guest topic. Uh, Lizard sent me a sweet little topic that I found. I was like, oh, is this me in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, the topic is, I believe it's pronounced uh, in Umaral. Oh, you're adding a little zest to little, it. You know, well, you know, it's me. This uh, chick over at Starbucks, she was like, uh, she looked at my name, how it was spelled. Uh-huh. Uh, and she... Because I pre-order, you know, I don't go yeah. in there and wait like a sucker. So I pre-order. She looks at the name. Goes, what the fuck is this? She goes, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, it's it's pronounced Jason. And she's like, Jason. Oh, it's like a bougie way of spelling Jason. Mm. And that's the first time I ever heard somebody refer to my name or the spelling of it to be bougie. Bougie. Yeah. Bougie means like you're almost too cool for school. Is that correct? I believe bougie is more so uh, leaning towards like. Like fashion, higher class, like okay. you know, first class kind of. Yeah, but and she's correct. I am a first class kind of uh, guy. I know you yeah. have goals. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of feel like bougie though. When you're being bougie, people have a negative connotation with that a little. bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what's wrong with being bougie? Oh, you're bougie. Yeah, as if far I, as if, I know. If I got it, I'm a flaunt it. All right, this so is a bougie ass Jason. Yeah, I got an H on my name. I'm gonna throw that H in your face. That's interesting. I took a field trip to Washington, D.C. my senior year of high school, and we went to Fuddruckers. Great place. Great establishment with the uh, burgers I used to think were like the size of my face. They're big burgers. Right? They're big, They right? can be, I yeah. think. I think they have varying sizes, maybe. Anyway, my friend Dustin, he orders his burger, and they write names on all the burgers there, or like on the packaging, yeah. on the receipt, whatever. They put his name in as Goosep. G-O-U-S-P. But what's his name? Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> so we just called him Goosep for the rest of the year. Okay, Goosep. It was like October, and it's like, you're Goosep until we graduate now. Oct- October what year? Freshman year? Uh, senior year. Senior year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. have to. All right. That's fine. He can deal with that. Yeah, he can deal with Unless it. Unless he was a super senior. I mean, who doesn't want to be called Goosep? That's a fun way to get a nickname. That's true. By um, a star, uh, yeah. If a Starbucks employee gives you your nickname, you have to keep that as a nickname. That's a rule. Yeah. All right, my topic is something that's near and dear to my heart. I don't want to interrupt, but did we kind of explain it? Should we explain a little bit of my my topic? Because all oh, we said oh, is just sorry, something that yeah, I aspire to be yeah, or do. <laughs> you just said you're bougie. I don't know how we got so off track so fast. It happens when I'm around. But uh, your topic is so my topic umaral. 
which is the way I say it, the bougie way. We'll say um, umeral, maybe. Umeral. We'll throw some different pronunciations around right in if you know the correct pronunciation. So umeral, from what I I know very little, I just uh, looked it up a little bit, and it's basically what I can tell. It's um, I guess it like it's a it's a stage in life for just people, men specifically that. I guess when they're retired, they do nothing but go to construction places and just watch, I don't know, real men work. I don't know. They observe. <laughs> they're like, I think I can still do that. Like, I don't know why. They're just there. Yeah. Overseeing everything. I feel like that is a classic grandfather move where yeah. you just, you want to be in charge. Right. But no one you really values your opinion. You want power. Yeah. Right. And you're and at that age, you know, when you're retired, when you're a senior citizen, at that age, I I, I think you kind of feel like a little powerless, right? You, you've lost a lot of power. Yeah. You're no longer in this job in that depends prime. on you. Uh, your kids are out of the house. You know, no one's really depending on you. Kind of, it's been such a long time since you've been like on your own with those, with all this time. Uh, and it's yeah, and you and provide it, no value to society. And I think this kind of does this kind of tread along the lines of the same people who go out to watch like demolitions. But did you say what it is? It's men. It's men. Men that watching construction, construction right? Okay, in old age. And no, yeah. I, okay. I right. think when I said retired and senior citizen, I feel like people got the hint that yeah, you know, it's kind of late. It's a later in life activity, which I mean, honestly, I think that's like the safest, most dangerous activity you can do as a senior citizen where you're like, they're not you're just standing. Site. They're, that's, not they're in right the outside. They're fenced site. out. They could have a beam fall on their head if a good accident happened. That's actually not good for them. That's actually why they put up fences like that is because of people like that. Oh, they would wander in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Too many old people were wandering in picking up hammers. If an old person trips... Outside of a construction site, it becomes a family emergency. So if an old person... <laughs> it's natural trips, causes when he trips outside of the construction zone. In a construction site, that's a dead old man. Yeah, yeah. Or they just throw in one of those like neon jackets and yeah. then like his family gets workers comp or something. Oh, okay. That's yeah. an idea. I mean, I would say it's probably cheaper than getting sued by the whole family post-accident. These are hypotheticals that probably <laughs> won't ever happen. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, that's the gist of a uh, Umeril's or Umeril is a, a per- Umeril, I believe, is how you were initially pronounced trying to be less bougie. Apparently, it's okay. like a negative connotation to being Apparently, bougie. Yeah. So uh, so Umeril uh, men at an, uh, later later in life, senior citizens retired, most likely uh, are just out there watching construction. Just watch and stuff happen. And what's funny and what's funny, one note that I did see is that one of the um uh, what do you call it? Attributes of this person is they usually have their hand behind their back. Like they're just, you know, they're just going to be there for Wait, a while. They're just observing. That on the photos. I think it's, uh, doesn't it say? I don't know. Are you reading ahead? I like to read a little uh, bit. I've been reading. I'm on my third book this year. I don't no. usually brag about reading. No. Cause, Stop. Because it's my fourth book of my books? life. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been a good year so far, guys. Wow. Three books. On your third book. On my third. Are you third. reading all three of them at once? Is no. that why you're like, no way. you're soon to be on your fifth book? All you got to do is pick it up and read a page. Lizard does that. And I'm like, I have no idea how you read multiple. Like, I don't even like watching like multiple shows at the same time. I want I want a clean cut beginning, mm. middle, and a sweet closer. And that's yeah. all I want from a, either a movie or a book or a TV I show. I feel you. I so. feel you. 
All right. So, Jason, my topic is something that I came across, I was introduced to as a young man. Oh, yeah? Maybe like 10. Yeah. Maybe nine. Third, fourth grade. I, I don't know what it was. You know how in fourth grade you used to just like build models for reports you just oh for reports no i used to build models gluing stuff together and that was your project my brother and i were into cars model cars okay Mm -hmm. but for school or you just did that on your well i i remember like gluing and cutting a lot of stuff out and gluing it all together for school and one time i did a report on a guillotine Okay. Are you familiar with guillotine? Are you kidding me? I ha- I have one of my own. <laughs> That's in the backyard. Not really? Yeah. Whose head is in it? <laughs> well, it's time for you to find out. Later. But I, I remember as a ten year old, I built this little guillotine, and I even had a fake head that like rolled into a basket so I could demonstrate it for these other ten year olds. It's a little dark. It's a little dark. A little dark yeah. for a ten year old, right? Yeah. So my topic, I don't even remember anything about it. So I was like, let's revisit guillotine? the guillotine. The guillotine? The guillotine. Dude, I, you know what reminds me of the guillotine is every time I go to uh, the hair, that's right, the hairstylist. I don't do barbers. Every time. <laughs> every <laughs> Yes, every Just time. Every time it started. Every time I'm at the hairstylist, you know, they're, uh, when they wash my hair, you got to go in that sink that has a yeah. little neck hole. Yeah. And and I and I remember oh, as a yeah. young kid, I was like really not afraid. That's I was just afraid of like leaning my whole neck back. And I mm-hmm. remember like like just my neck hurting because I was like too stiff, not letting go. I think that's a common problem. Yeah. Because you like they're they're like back further further. Yeah. Can you just scooch up a little bit? And, yeah. And it just. If the height isn't perfect, but now no, but now I know you just let go, baby. You just let go and let them do the rest. Oh, They'll yeah. take care Get of it. Get in there with a scalp yeah. massage. That's. I wonder if as guillotines hit popularity, peak popularity, they peak incorporated like you know if you were a criminal that was going to get your head chopped off. But you had a little money, you could get like a scalp massage. While you're before death. in the, yeah, right before, as the ch- chopper is coming down. Anything to take you out of what's going to inevitably exactly. happen to all of us. Uh, They're but, just playing with your hair. Just give in. Just give in. Lean back. So that Lean always, back. that that being in that position always reminded me of just like, oh, this is what it, it probably felt like a little bit yeah. um, to like, you know, see death right in the face. Wow. Yeah, I think you got a weird relationship with your hairdresser. I mean, I tip really well. Just for <laughs> I don't want anything to happen. That's why. Hey, so. I left here with my head. That's a win. <laughs> Who cares what the hair looks like? All right. So where do you want to start here? Do you want to start with dudes at construction sites or guillotine? Well, I mean, both get me hot. So whoa. Either I don't either know or. If we if that's in Wikipedia. Uh, oh, topics that get Jason hot. That's how we'll link them together. Give me a couple of minutes. You'll see an article. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay. I say let's go. I like going into. I'd say I, we. St- I, I kind of. I, I mean, if we want to challenge ourselves, I feel oh, like I we start no, with guillotine. No, that's unlike you. I don't think you should challenge yourself. That's unlike me. You're, what are you saying? As your professor, I think maybe we you, should start. Are you saying you've seen my Umarell. test? You've seen my test scores, and you're like, this isn't the work that you want to do. Jason. I just. Is that what you're saying. I think it's going to be extremely tough It'll to be get tough to Umarel. It'll be a tough one. And, But I feel like it goes with... 
Oh, bet that's funny. Yeah, I do see some links here. I and I this scares me too because one of the links under Umarel is backseat driver, and I know you love driving. And then it's just going to be a driving podcast all over again. Sorry, if I have to drive this podcast into success, I will. All right, you want to try to get to Umarel? I, it's a short article, just so we know where we're going. Umarel. Yeah. Umarel Uno is what they call me. Umarel Uno. Yeah. Is a term referring specifically to men of retirement age who spend their time watching construction sites, especially roadworks, stereotypically with hands clasped behind their back and offering unwanted advice. Its literal meaning is little man. Ooh, so, whoa. All right. Ooh. All right. Let's just go to guillotine. Wait, why? I feel like we could, I feel like Napoleon. I think guillotine is French. Napoleon was a little man. He had a Napoleon complex. Little man. I don't know. We're getting to Umarel. I don't. I don't think so. All right. So it's construction related, uh, rubbernecking. So a lot of driving terms. I fear this. I think it's it's more like a, a, a type of person. Yeah. Like a type of of like I don't know like in society. Like for instance, I feel like the one like. What I put together is the fact that they're, there's nothing annoying about the Umaral where like they're watching, but except mm-hmm. the only annoying thing about that description is the fact that they would give unwanted advice. Yes, that's the backstreet seat driver of exactly. construction right, sites. Right, right. Same thing with the, oh, I guess rubber. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do it. All right. So we are on guillotine. Guillotine is an apparatus designed for effectively carrying out executions by beheading. The device consists of a tall, upright frame with a weighted and angled blade suspended at the top. The condemned person is secured with stocks at the bottom of the frame, positioning the neck directly below the blade. The blade is then released swiftly and forcefully decapitating the victim with a single clean pass that the heads fall into a basket or other receptacle below. What would be your chosen receptacle? Basket? I would want something that wait like a like that has a drum symbol at the bottom. So it almost so is like Okay. Your head falls. Yeah. It makes that noise. What the 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 head is the dunk and then the head falls or the blade is the dunk yeah. and then the head falls and it's like So a little snare. Yeah, a little or, little what or, do they call it? I forget that? what they call it. I don't a know. A drum uh well, they call it something. Yeah. The, That's the, a topic for another The gold day. one. The brass one. The brass one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the shiny one. See, I try to make it easier on my family, and I'll ask to get guillotine like, at the graveyard. So it's like my head just uh, already falls in the uh, hole. That is nice. You know, it's just like, hey, let's make, you know, I'm just, I want to get my, um, what do they call it? Get your, uh, like, get your, your things in order. Your, uh, your head chopped off. Well, I mean, there's a saying of, like, right, get your... Um, Affairs in order. Affairs in order, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, especially when you're going to have a long-time affair six feet under. The guillotine was invented with the intention of making capital punishment less painful in in accordance with Enlightenment thought. Prior to the guillotine, France had previously used beheading along with many other methods of execution. I was just about to ask, what are the other types? Like, Pulling, tugging, what are, tugging, I feel like. Like, what are the other takes and, like, what are the other machines that they tried before they landed on the guillotine? Like, imagine, like, they were getting close to the guillotine. 
you know, they had different mm-hmm. versions of it. Like, yeah. like, like the first one maybe was like a whole body guillotine where like the person gets sliced like in half, like this way. Oh yeah, you there were I mean? some bad trials. Yeah, yeah, of exactly. Execution. Right, right. And they're just like, ah, oh, this is a little bit messy. Like this won't work and stuff like that. Yeah. And then yeah, somebody. And I wonder. And I, th- I believe, and I could be completely wrong. This could be like just a movie fiction that I you know, made up in made your up head. But didn't when they, when they um decapitated the heads didn't some people like like scientists and doctors like take the bodies before mm. they like and like ah. do a couple of experiments and stuff and that isn't I'm that how sure they learn about more happened. like blood shit like you know inside of what goes on with the human body well there I, was would hate, I would hate to think that the french just let a bunch of dead bodies just lay there go to waste go to waste and not like actually you know put in some work uh it depends how religious people were i think and how you treat a body but i think if you're guillotining a body or a head off of a body this was the humane thing to do before they would just stab okay. people in the heart until they stopped working the person, not the, not the stabber. Right. <laughs> Imagine, or before that, it was probably what getting getting hung, right, was a thing. I think. It, I think. But that takes so much I long think, time. I mean, getting hung is that still a thing? Do they do that in some states? Oh, oh, state like here in America? Yeah. I fucking hope not. I think hang people. I I'm curious. I don't think they. There's no way they hang people. I'm curious if like not South legal. Dakota, not like by Florida? law. Florida. Florida. No. No, no, the chair or lethal. I mean, I don't even think they do the electric chair. They anymore. definitely chair people. Maybe like three steps, but it's. I they think they get it's, a professional wrestler to come in and smack a person with a chair until they die. Hey, but no, I would go. No, go electric. I mean, you know, uh, save the earth. Go green. Oh, so you have a solar powered electric chair? Yeah. Is that what we're talking? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's keep rolling here. Oh, we could go to capital punishment and see where uh anyway after its adoption the device remained france's standard method of judicial execution until the abolition of capital punishment in 1981 i did not think they were using the guillotine until 1981 81 uh yeah i could see that 1800s i could see the in the states in the 1800s. 1981. Oh, 1981. 1981, Jason. Yeah. That's crazy. MTV was around. (laughs) Was it? Did it come out in 80? Just about. Okay. Uh, Okay, that is pretty nuts. Here we go. The last person to be executed in France was Hamida, some dude who was guillotined on 10th of September, 1977. So no one... I guess they finally got rid of it in 1981. And the last, the last person, person was 1977. To get, to get teened is what they to used to call teened. it. Yeah. It's like, hey, when are you getting teened? Ugh, mine's in two weeks. Uh, they were the last person executed by guillotine by any government in the world. Man, France really fell in love with this thing. Do you yeah, want to no. go down to invention or entomology? Is that a guillotine? Ooh, that looks like a solid squat rack. What is that? Oh, the, that is a guillotine. Yeah, the original heavy. maiden of 1564 now on display at the National Museum of Scotland in Edinburgh. Yeah, that's got that's actually okay. not as tall as I expected. I don't think. Okay, so that so the name of that thing is the maiden. I thought for a second like each guillotine gets named. I have a funny feeling that they probably do, right? Yeah, yeah. I bet the I guy bet. with the leather mask. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, he gets to yeah, name yeah. it. It's something yeah. kinky. Yeah, he's into leather. He's right. got to name it. 
Or I guess back then it wasn't leather. It was like a potato sack with holes. Hey, but it they evolved. Wanted it evolved. Leather. It evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually they got the straps going. Like, yeah. Once Clockwork Orange hit, they were like, let's go, let's leather up. And I was like 77, right? Yeah, can, like I, can I tell you, I, you know, I'm into estate sales. Okay. I thought you were, were going to tell me something else. Hey, I'm into. Hey, Jason, <laughs> I want you to choke me and gag me. So, as long as it's rolling, let's I'm do in, it. <laughs> yeah, for camera. Yeah. That's on the Patreon. So for, uh, I went to, I didn't go to, I was looking at these estate sales in Los Angeles and one popped out to me and there were all these like used leather BDSM oh, yeah. oh, items. You, we went there. You did? Yeah, we no. went there. In, in Glen, uh, not yes, Glendale. Glendale. Yes, we were there. You were there. We were there. I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I was there. There was all this weird, not weird. I'm not going to kink Yeah, you want to see it? You want to see what I <laughs> Yeah, put it on. No, I fuck you not, dude. I I was about, and fucking lizard stopped me. I was going to buy. Some of the gay porn? Well, the only straight porn that was there, which was a, a picture of Madonna topless from like an old, <laughs> old picture, which was super cool. I mean, I'm. I'm a little hung up okay. on, on, on uh, Madonna. On Madge. That's a reference to her song hung up. Oh. Uh but so <laughs> so I saw it and it was like it was like it was calling my name because everything around it was just dicks. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everything around yeah, it was yeah, pay- yeah, and oh and, and also not not like drawings. These are actual model models. Uh they were doing all sorts of positions. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. there were they had to blur out all the pictures online. Oh, you know, I got full frontal. It was and legit. They also and said, full, full backwards. They also too. said more pictures in person, which I guess you saw. Why did you invite me? I'm disappointed. Uh, I, think, uh, I think... I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I, think, I didn't even tell Liz. I went <laughs> You know myself. who your leather daddy is. <laughs> and uh, we did buy a few things from that. Oh, no. I got one of his pair of jeans that he... He wears my size, so I got, I got. And now, funny enough, those are the exact pair of jeans I already own. So uh-huh. I was just like, "Oh, let me." I got I a don't second even pair. Need to try these on. Beautiful. Uh, and then I also got some jean shorts. Okay. Yeah, okay. I try to. I try but no to, leather. I try to check out the jean shorts. Now that I'm here in you know Cali Alley. Anyway, this was the most erotic estate sale I've ever Very seen. Very erotic. Yeah. 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 Good for you for going. You should have seen the line, dude. It was nuts, and then we went really? on, and we went, yes, and <laughs> just we went a on bunch the, of people strapped up in leather. Everybody, dude. I mean, I saw everybody was no joke. A lot of people were there. It was a huge line. It was the last day too, uh, which I think that's also another reason why the yeah. last day had like seventy five percent off everything. Super discounted on the last day. Oh, I got All that. I got that uh, globe. That's where I got. It. Yeah. All right. Well, there's nothing kinky about that. Although I mean, it's probably been jizzed all over. It's round. Yeah. You can st- you can stick that anywhere. <laughs> as long as anywhere. it grease it up first. Uh, all right, let's move on here. <laughs> you got a globe, you got some jean shorts. Everything's been jizzed on. Okay, here's the precursors. As it turns out, the information we were theorizing about is right here. The use of beheading machines in Europe long predates such use. During the French Revolution in 1792, an early example of the principle is found in the High History of the Holy Grail, dated about 1210. Although the device is imaginary, its function is clear. Its text says, blah, 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 we cut their head off. Um, The Halifax gibbet was a wooden structure consisting of two wooden uprights capped by a horizontal beam of a total height of 15 feet. The blade was an axe 
Oh, an axe head weighing 7.7 pounds attached to the bottom of a massive wooden block that slid up and down in grooves in the uprights. I don't like the slid up and down because it sounds like a lot of jamming occurred. Yep, with grooves. And they got some partial head chops. Yeah, and then you got to think they probably didn't sharpen it too often. Nah, you don't. Do you think it was a job to just be the blade cleaner and sharpener? It's, yeah, it's a guy with the sack with the sack in his head. Oh, he does it all. Yeah, sack face. <laughs> okay, sack head. Yeah. Let's not get on Leatherhead all over again here. All right, here's the entomology. For a period of time after its invention, the guillotine was called a luzette. However, it was later named after French physician and Isn't Freemason. Louisa? All right, if you want it to be. Well, it's French and... Uh, he was named after French physician and Freemason Joseph Egans Guillotine, who proposed on October 10th, 1789. Wow, it had a 200 year run, just about. That's it's a good, good. That's a good run. That that rivals almost United States run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so the guys, the guy's last name was. Gu- I wonder, is there still a guillotine out there? Is there a oh a family member? Yeah, descendants. Probably. I would imagine. That's um, a hard nickname, though. I mean, that's a hard last name. Yeah. Right? This guy's going to get shit done. A guillotine, yeah. He's chopping heads left and right, or she. Joe, And his name is Joseph? Yeah, Joe. Joe Guillotine. <laughs> sounds like he sells... Joe Guillotine sounds like he's got a YouTube channel. I was going to say, it sounds like he sells plumbing parts. <laughs> Joe Guillotine teaches you an online course on YouTube of like how to fix plumbing. <laughs> Any pr- any plumbing issue, Joe, jo- Joe Guillotine. Got it. Yeah. Um. Oh well, not the. Come d- on down to Joe's Guillotine. <laughs> We're slashing prices. We're, slash- <laughs> We're cutting prices seventy five percent off. So wait, you're telling me this plumbing supply guy? Yeah. He's got commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He side hustles his Guillotine. He wants to bring it back. <laughs> Everyone has two jobs. What day of age do you That's think we true. live in now, Kyle? Yeah. You're not a plumber unless you're making content. Right. (laughs) The beliefs that Guillotine invented the device and that he was later executed by it are not true. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I always used to hear that and like, remember when the guy in the the Segway died? Yeah. Like they would always compare it to that. We're like, oh, the the inventor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a French surgeon and physiologist, Antoine Louis together with German engineer Tobias Schmidt, built a prototype for the guillotine. So it should have been a called a Louis Schmidt. Ooh, a Louis Schmidt? Let's Louis Schmidt his head off. Oh, man. You saw that Schmidt that came out? when? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, all the Schmidt comes gushing out of the throat. According throat to Schmidt. The, according to the memories of the French executioner, Charles Henry Sanson Louis, the XVI, suggested the use of a straight-angled blade instead of a curved one. Huh. That's what Louis... Kind of like flat-screen TVs. (laughs) Wait, but in this case... It went the other way. What I'm saying, the curved were good? I guess... No, they started with a curved... Oh, maybe it curved this way. And then they were like, let's make it a straight razor. So it really gets... Yeah. Yeah, nice even line. I was going to say, because curved TVs are not good. Oh, they're not? No. 
Oh. Who has a curved TV? I thought you had a curved TV. A curved TV? A curved TV. They go like this? You know how it's a flat screen? Curved TVs are fucking stupid. Have you seen one? Yeah. They're stupid. Uh, They're dumb. They serve no purpose. You heard it here first. Throw them in the garbage. Have you seen my TV outside? That's not a curved TV. I don't know. It's flat, bro. Whoa. All right. It's like a centimeter. I'm I'm very offended right now. Out of everything. Jason gets very offended by his TV. Yeah. It's a bougie TV. It's uh, like... 0.8 0.8 centimeters in width, I think. All right, you're bougie, man. Wait, yeah. you know what do you want? It's in the, it's in the name. Oh, I do see something down here, Jason. That we could. I'm gonna save it for a, l- a little bit. We might want to put a pin in it, as they say, in the office. A little bit. The first execution by guillotine was performed on highwayman Nicolas Jacques. Uh, some other French name on uh, on April twenty fifth, seventeen ninety two, in front of what is now the City Hall of Paris. All citizens condemned to die were from then on executed there. Wow, right in front of City Hall until the scaffold was moved on the twenty first of August to the Place du Carrousel. So I was going to say we could go to Highwayman. Because that gets us to highway. We're trying to get on road work here. Anyway, something to think about. Sure. Oh, is that what you were looking at earlier? That's what I was looking at earlier, just now. Okay. Um, Oh, the retirement. The retirement of the guillotine. Oh, damn. For like, what, like a couple of years and it came back out of retirement? Like Jordan? The guillotine started going to construction sites and being like, I wouldn't (sighs) chop that plumbing pipe like that. It's not how I would do it. After the French Revolution, executioners resumed in the city center. On February 4th, 1832, the guillotine was moved behind the church of St. Jacques de la French word just before being moved again. Wait, so was there only one guillotine? Right, in I was going to ask. And then also they just, they're like, hey, let's, where should we store it? Behind the church. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then appropriately, they did move it to a prison. Right, right. Can we stop that bringing the prisoners out of the prison? Can we just put the guillotine there? So that was moved in 1851 to the prison in the late 1840s. I, I believe there it was only like one, probably like in the beginning, because there they like you said it was. Excuse me. It was the. <coughs> Bless you. Oh, chest tightening up. Um, I um. Uh, Okay, so these things happen like, like you were saying, like in the middle of town, right? Like everyone saw them, yeah. so they, they it needed to be big. It needed to be be this big spectacle. There to, were people outside of the gates going, "I got two, I got two for the guillotine. Uh, yeah. I got two, I got two. These are good seats." And uh, so you know they needed to make a make a show of it, make make people make, make people learn. Say, hey, yeah, rules are rules. Boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I also I do wonder. Could you get season tickets for the guillotinings? Right, like <laughs> yeah. uh, like oh, or like different tier passes. <laughs> oh, like what? Like there, you you get food or like unlimited beer? No, unlimited like, no, wine. no, like like the front, like the front couple of rows gets like um like plastic, like at Gallagher shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to get the blood sprayed on yeah, you, but ev- you want to be up close. Everyone gets a little um like a plastic cover and like maybe like one of those um umbrella hats. Or maybe a leather hood of their own, or or le- oh, a little sack. Yeah, yeah, the whole front row. You know, I think that's like that is like I don't, 
We got to find out what that person's... Does that person have a name? Well, we could go um, back up to... I think this is the executioner right here. Yeah, we could go to this guy. Wait, is that like is that an official name? Oh, the royal executioner. Henry. His okay. name was Henry the Executioner. Was a French executioner. He held the position of royal executioner. Let's do it. We All right, move forward. we'll go to him. Henry Clement is he related to that little Clement boy that I keep hearing about? Samuel Clement, who's, who's the guy that? that was in Dune, the kid. Ah, uh, yeah, Timothy Clement. Yeah, yes, he is. Sweet. Henry Clement Sanson was a French executioner. He held the position of royal executioner of the city of Paris, serving King Louis-Philippe the first until from 1840 to 1847. Pretty short run. Sanson was born into a long line of execution. My father was an executioner. His father, father. was an executioner. His father's father. His father's father. Same thing. No heads. His father was Henry. Would it be interesting if, like, the son guillotined his father like each generation oh, the that's son, how you pass it on right that's how you pass it on yes that would be very interesting i don't know if i mean chief i ex- would take that job chief executioner if i knew that i think i would say dad i want to be a computer programmer instead of <laughs> following in your footsteps because i'm gonna have to kill you well this is like the reign of terror time so he's gonna be like what is a computer? <laughs> what do you, what, what you, is a computer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Dad. I just want to focus on computers and not guillotine. But it's in the name. It, well, it wasn't their name. They weren't. Oh, they right. weren't Sansoning then. Well, his dad was the city's chief executioner for forty-seven years, and his grandfather, Charles Henry Sanson, the storied executioner of royals and revolutionaries. Henry Clement served less than eight years as Monsieur de Paris, the shortest duration of any of the Sanson dynasty. His uh, executioning started when he killed his father with the guillotine. The end of his career came in 1847 after he was compelled by debt to pawn his ancestral guillotine for 3,000 francs. So he owned the guillotine Dragged it to a pawn shop and was like, what's this worth? This belonged to some famous executioners. It's been in my family. Can you imagine the guillotine being rolled into pawn stars? I can. And what, you know, I'm kind of pissed off at him because he gives like young people a bad name. He's, he fucked up his family's legacy. He, he was in, in knee deep in debt. And in order to get out, he had to literally sell his family's legacy. Which is so crazy because that's what brings in the income. Like, just start chopping more heads off. He was probably like, I can't work Saturdays. And (laughs) And you gotta work Saturdays. And I feel like you could have, you know, again, get a second job with what you're doing already. Like, sell the bodies to, like, other doctors and scientists Mm. or something like that, you know. Or maybe back to the family members. Like, you can sell them back the head. Wow, you're Get angry. your head here. <laughs> yeah, he just holds it up. Yeah. And then Freshly he, washed hair. You hold it up and then he's and everyone starts bidding for it. Like the family <laughs> family members start bidding for what it. What do you got over here? 3,000 francs, 3,000 francs, 5,000 francs. I hear 6,000 francs in the back. Yeah, he wasn't. Not a bad idea. He okay. just didn't know. After his dismissal, Henry Clement dictated his memoirs to a journalist. The six-volume, seven generations of executioners 
though often dismissed as fiction, like the ser- uh, blah blah blah. Man, you don't get rid of a you don't get rid of an asset like that. That's all I'm saying. The guillotine. Yeah. I like how disappointed you are. I mean, it just it gives you know the finally next generation brought, a bad name. Finally, like, brought peace to his family. His son didn't have to go into this terrible business. I don't think his son had to. Period. I don't think it, he could have ended. He it. would have. It's like the mob. He sees his dad cutting heads. He's like, I want to do that. But his dad's like, I want a better life for my son. Yeah, but if it pays, it pays. If it pays, it plays, baby. Um. Anyway, he wrote some memoirs. They might be kind of fictional. We got to move on. We're out of article here. Let's do it. So you were saying francs? You want to go to francs? Yeah, is that French dollars? That is old French dollars. Oh, They're French on the dollars. euro now. Oh, that's right. They all combined. They all... Combined. Joined. Yeah, they all <laughs> yeah, joined. They all... It's called the European Union. Yeah, that's right. I've heard of it. We could also go to Executioner, but I feel like we just covered that. Yeah. Uh, we could go to Paris. You want to go to Frank's? I don't know. I'm not that interested. Well, what happened to the... Remember, you also brought up uh, the, the, the highway, highway man. Mm-hmm. That was on the last page. Oh, okay. We don't go back in Wikipedia. Okay. Frank's it is then. All right. Frank's it is. The franc is any of various units of currency. One franc is typically divided into 100 centimes. What's a centime? No idea. It's not a centime? Mm, I, I guess we could go to sem, centime or centime. You want to? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's a, oh, it's just French for cent. All right. Oh, that makes sense. If a franc is divided into... I guess. Maybe Frank... Well, we never learned about Franks. Uh, Centimi is French for cent and is used in English as the name of the fraction currency in several Francophone countries, including Switzerland, Algeria, Belgium, Morocco, and France. I didn't know Morocco Morocco. was French-ish or taken over by the... French. Right, yeah, it's more correct. In France, the usage of centimi goes back to the introduction of the decimal monetary system under Napoleon. I'm telling you, I think we should go to Ooh. Napoleon and little man Napoleon complex. Let's let's sniff around there. Yeah. All right, let's sniff Napoleon. I feel like that's what you were doing at this estate sale, just sniffing. Yeah, just the seats. Napoleon Bonaparte was a French military and political leader who rose to prominence during the French Revolution and led several successful campaigns during the Revolutionary Wars. He was the de facto leader of the French Republic as First Council from 1799 to 1804. As Napoleon I, he was the emperor of the French from 1804 until 1814, and again in 1815, Napoleon dominated European and global affairs for a decade while leading France against a series of coalitions in the Napoleonic Wars. He won most of these wars and battles, building a large empire that ruled over continental Europe before its collapse in 1815. He was one of the greatest military commanders in history, and his wars and campaigns are studied uh, in military schools worldwide. 
Napoleon's political and cultural legacy has endured, and he has been one of the most celebrated and controversial leaders in the in world history. Hmm. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, and you may not know, but uh, he's not really even that short, right? Like he wasn't really the way the way like mm-hmm. film portrays him now. I don't think you. And by grant by short, I mean I think he was like. Five seven five. Yeah, eight. where are my short kings at? Yeah. Five seven is not that short, and and like especially for that time, everyone else was also not oh, that tall. Yeah. Like it wasn't like now how the no, average. No, I guess, here. people five seven is a perfectly fine height these days. So it's just like they 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 definitely was exaggerated through mm. history. You know. Yeah, I think that through the white people that write down history, it was super exaggerated. Well, he got. The term Napoleon complex named after him. So I don't know that you're saying the whites over exaggerated his shortness. The, the the Napoleon complex. I mean, it's still it's it's still uh, plays into what it is. But yeah, but I don't think it's a good connotation. No, no, I didn't say it was. Okay. But I'm just saying he I think it's exaggerated of how short he was. OK, very exaggerated. All right. Meaning like he wasn't like. Five one. He wasn't four ten. Yeah, my. You know, my introduction. Does it not, does it have his height? I'm looking. And usually, like NBA players on the side of Wikipedia, they have right. the stats of ha- uh, height. Oh, you didn't get hit like his baseball card. Yeah, back? height and weight. But here, it just uh, it more has when he was in office. Nothing super helpful, but I feel like. Napoleon, oh, personality and image. I think we should go down to there. Look, he is fought there, a bunch of wars. He won a bunch of wars. He got uh, exiled. Is this your, if this is your first time listening or watching this podcast and you just are learning about Napoleon, this is a good place to start. Okay? It's, a, it's a long yeah. article. You need to stop listening to podcasts. If you just, <laughs> this is a great place to if start. You just We're heard glossing over about Napoleon. everything and cutting straight to the most important thing, his height <laughs> yeah. and personality. <laughs> Now, we could go to exile. I know he got exiled on some island. Mm -hmm. That's enough. That's all you need to know. Let's go down to personality, right? Let's do it. Historians emphasize the strength of the ambition that took Napoleon from an obscure village to rule over most of Europe. In-depth academic studies about his early life conclude that up until the age of two, all the way up until the age of two, He had a gentle disposition. His older brother, Joseph, frequently received their mother's attention, which made Napoleon more assertive and approval-driven. During his early schooling years, he would be harshly bullied by classmates for his Corsican identity and limited command of the French language. Did you experience that at all? What? Your... Uh, limited command of the French language. No, when you moved to the U.S., did you experience bullying at all? Due no, to... because I was four, and everyone else who's four also doesn't know how to speak perfect <laughs> English. So there's no, there's no fucking reason why I was even an ESL. No, no, I didn't, no, I didn't get. I, I felt, yeah, I felt equal because it's like, yeah, you, you guys also don't know as much as many words. Maybe you know a few more words than I do. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're also four. And, you're also four and five years old. Like your vocabulary isn't, you know, yeah, there yet. So ah, that's good to know. I, I don't know why these French bullies were picking on him so much. Now there's a whole article of cultural depictions of Napoleon. 
Napoleon has become a worldwide cultural icon who symbolizes military genius and political power. Uh, some dude Martin described him as, quote-unquote, the most competent human being who ever lived. Since his death, many towns, streets, ships, and even cartoon characters have been named after him. He has been portrayed in hundreds of films and discussed in hundreds of thousands of books and articles. When met in person, many of his contemporaries were surprised by his apparently unremarkable physical appearance and, man, shots fired. In contrast to his significant deeds and reputation, especially in his youth, when he was consistently described as small and thin, Joseph Farrington, who observed Napoleon personally in 1802, commented that, quote-unquote, Samuel Rogers stood a little way from me and seemed to be disappointed in the look of Napoleon's countenance, countenance? His face. Countenance. Countenance is like when you poop yourself. Countenance. Wait, where? where right here. Oh. His face. He was disappointed by the look of his face. He was disappointed in his shit. And said it was that of a little Italian. Huh. Farrington and Napoleon... Farrington said Napoleon's eyes were lighter and more of a gray than I should have expected from his complexion, that his person is below middle size, and that his general aspect was milder than I had before thought. See, I feel like because he had this reputation, because he was fucking, you know, slicing and dicing people in a really smart way with, you know, with tactics and shit that people Mm -hmm. didn't think of before... You would think that this, you know, myth legend is this gigantic yeah. force of strength and power and, and, and hovering over everybody and his enemies. And it's like, so people were like, have that expectation. Yes. And so when that, when those expectations aren't met, they're, they like, it's almost to them the opposite of what they expected. So they it's like, think he's going to shoot lightning bolts from his ass. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> That's from Braveheart. During the Napoleon. Oh, <laughs> anyway, let me skip ahead here. At five foot two, he was the height of an average really? French male. So an average French male was five foot two back then. That's okay, so he was short, but he's the average that's of that time. Shorter than I expected, though. Definitely shorter than I expected. Um, but for the time, oh, but short for an aristocrat or officer. So usually they just. Promoted, not different from today. They just promote tall people more. Yeah. Anyway. And also, I mean, like it was said, he grew up poor, right? He grew up in the slums. Like probably early youth. I don't know if it said he grew up in a small. Well, maybe not the slums, but he was a nobody and from a small village. Yeah, yeah. So, so again, he wasn't an elitist, right? He wasn't. He wasn't born in gay Paris. Right. So, um,. Sorry, when you say that, all I hear is gape. Gape Paris. Oh, and sorry, he wasn't throws, born in straight Paris. Throws, no, gape. Not oh, gay. Gape. Gape. Gape Paris. Why gape? Why do you hear that? Because you say gape. It sounds like you I say, say gape. I say gay Paris. G- yeah, but gape. Gay. Gay. Gape. No, no gape. Well, all I hear is gape. Anyways, I lost I lost track. All right. <laughs> well, if you're going to say gape, I'm going to lose track. We of got to the bottom thoughts. of the gape. Yeah. Um, I do see here, Jason, the Napoleon complex. Great. Um, in 1908, Alfred 
Adler, a psychologist, cited Napoleon to describe an inferiority complex in which short people adopt an over-aggressive behavior to compensate for lack of height. This inspired the term Napoleon complex. I guess it is specific, like, inferiority complex, and then it goes to height. And then, and then Napoleon. I don't know that we're going to be able to get to Umeral from this, after all. Lead the way. All right. The Napoleon complex, known informally as small man syndrome, is a theorized inferiority complex normally attributed to people of short stature. It is characterized by overly aggressive or domineering social behavior, such as lying about earnings, and carries the implication that such behavior is compensatory for the subject's physical or social shortcomings. In psychology, the Napoleon complex... Or the Rogan complex. Oh, I like yeah, it. You're yeah. updating it, yeah, huh? Yeah, Right? He's he's legit. Short. Right? I mean, I I would bet he is average or slightly below average for the day. What's average now? 5'10"? I think it's between 5'8 and 5'10", I believe. Okay. I would bet he's about 5'7", 5'8". There's, That's my guess. No, I think I'm taller than him, and I'm like 5'7". Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I, what are you basing that off of your time with Joe Rogan? No, with uh, I've just seen seen some pictures with him on that. <laughs> that's so funny that walking out of a bank. <laughs> You're like, oh. well, no, there's some pictures that he had, takes with fans, and yeah. like some of his, you know some of his fans are women, and uh, and it's okay. just most women are not that tall, and then you can you compare them for yeah. with a lot of different women. It's just like, oh, he seems pretty short. So the Napoleon complex or Rogan complex, the Rogan complex. Okay, uh, so, hmm, hmm, this is a short one, <laughs> short article, appropriately. Research in 2007, research by the University of Central Lancashire. Hey, we were in Lancashire last episode. That's where they make textiles in England. How about that? We were just there. We were just there. Anyway, they found that the Napoleon complex um, is a myth. The study discovered that short men were less likely to lose their temper than men of average height. The experiment involved subjects dueling each other with sticks, Mm. with one subject deliberately wrapping the other's knuckles. Heart monitors revealed that the taller men were more likely to lose their tempers and hit back. University of Central Lancashire's lecturer, Mike Eslia commented that, quote-unquote, when people see a short man being aggressive, they are likely to think it is due to his size simply because that attribute is obvious and grabs their attention. All right. Where are my short kings at? Short kings? Yeah, short kings. Stand up. They were standing. We're not so angry as it turns out. Okay, so... We might have gotten ourselves uh, in a little bit of a hole here, Jason. You can't say gaping hole to me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. What about gaping hole? Oh, God. Can I say it? No. All right. Um, but I see human height, heightism, inferiority complex. Now, I wonder, we're kind of working backwards. Good inferiority. You yeah. want to go to yeah, inferiority complex? Yeah. All right. Let's not spend too much time on this because we just kind of covered it. Should we go? Should we go straight down to the sea also, and see if there's like backseat driver uh, related to it? 
I'm related curious. to uh, inferiority complex. You think? Uh, it's. <laughs> I'm gonna say. It is not. It is not in there. You feel inferior for sitting in the back seat oh, that you have I, to. I do see. It's possible, right? I mean, the that you have to. Inferiority complex. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to that. Okay. We're really just <laughs> we're touching on the superior or inferiority complex. Not at all. Yeah, you heard one complex. You burn them all. Superiority complex is a term coined by Alfred Adler in the early 1900s as part of his school of individual psychology. A superiority complex is a defense mechanism that develops over time to help a person cope with feelings of inferiority. Individuals with this complex typically come across as a uh, big word. As, wait, wait, go back. Sup- Sur- Superlative. S- Supercilious? Supercilious? Yeah. I like it because you're silly. Haughty and disdainful towards others. They may treat others as an imperious... uh, uh, They may treat others in an overbearing way and even aggressive manner. In everyday usage, the term superiority complex is used to refer to an overly high... uh, to an overly high opinion of oneself. I might need you to take over the reading here, Jason. I'm struggling. Okay, should we... Oh, driven to achieve in order to overcompensate his humble origins and small stature, Picasso was described by his former partner, Fernande Oliver, as possessing a superiority complex He said he could only be touched by things to which he felt superior. Wow. Beethoven's nobility pretense was the result of a superiority complex, but it was the same complex that fueled his extraordinarily musical achievements. Do you think Michael Jordan kind of had an inferiority or superiority? superiority complex or just the michael jordan effect where he was michael jordan and dominated i think that's a little bit a little bit of the mj effect and the superiority complex yeah all right i'm i'm running out I mean, of steam here the, a little bit and i feel Jason. like this goes you know with the with the jordan it's like i don't know i mean you and i don't know if the stories are true the same thing with with jordan as napoleon um mm. i don't know is 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 the story true that uh Jordan got cut from his freshman sophomore basketball sophomore. I think he got cut cut as a sophomore. Okay, yeah, as a sophomore. which is even harder. I mean, yeah. Either way, just to be to hear that Michael Jordan was cut from his basketball team in any year in high school or like middle school or you know if that was a thing. Um, yeah, it's shocking and like oh okay, but uh, but I feel like it was some something around that time that said like. I, like I'm fucking better than this. I'm like I yeah. know I should have made the team. Like maybe that was on him. Maybe he took it like oh I fucked up, but mm-hmm. I I got to get back in there and get back on that horse and ride it. Yeah, the, the yeah probably the bull horse. The bull horse. The bull. The Chicago yeah. bull. Yeah. He's like I got to ride that Chicago bull. This is interesting. We also were here recently. The Dunning Kruger effect. Oh, wait, pop is- quiz, Jason. What is the Dunning Kruger effect? It was your topic. Um, is that the happy one, happy balance, or is that the? Um, no, nah, that was the hedonic treadmill, I believe. Oh, Dunning Kruger effect was uh, if you just basically believe if you're confident enough, you just go in it with such confidence that you actually do it. 
Right? But sometimes you fail. But you go ahead and do it anyway, I believe. Yeah, okay. Or you might underestimate your abilities and you might achieve greater than you think you can achieve. Right, right, okay. The Dunning-Kruger effect goes both ways. Like you? Sometimes. Okay, we got to move on here. Now I feel like we got to get to a construction site or something. Ooh. Um, that shouldn't be that hard, right? No, there's always construction around the world. All over. Yeah, well, I see a lot of links here. Is anything jumping out at you, Jason? Imposter syndrome? Maybe. Hubris was... Hubris? Yeah. All right. We are on hubris. Hubris, or less frequently hybris, describes a personality quality of extreme or excessive pride or dangerous overconfidence. Often in combination um, with arrogance, the term arrogance comes from the blah blah blah. We better we better start moving here though a little faster. So, do you want to go down to ancient Greece and maybe we could get to like construction? Yeah, let's I do it. I don't know how else. Let's, let's do it. Or should we try to get to driving somehow? What do you think? This is tough. Mm. I know driving is your wheelhouse, to say the least. No pun intended. Oh, I do see. Oh, wait, what is that? Against Medea's? No. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's just. Oh, let's... I also see assault and battery here. In Ooh. legal terms, hubristic violations of the law included what might today be termed assault and battery, sexual crimes, or the public or sacred pro- uh, or the theft of public or sacred property. Two well-known cases are found in the speeches of some Greek name a prominent statesman and orator in ancient Greece. Okay, well, here's modern usage. In its modern usage, hubris denotes overconfident pride combined with arrogance. Hubris is often associated with a lack of humility. Sometimes a person's hubris is also associated with ignorance. This sounds like exactly like the old dudes at the construction site giving advice. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we're on parallel tracks here but i don't know how we're gonna get there um i like that they referenced uh, mary shelley's frankenstein as a story about hebrews oh interesting that makes sense that's one of the five books you've read isn't it it's the fifth one fifth one oh my you're currently f- you're gonna read it my fifth and my first <laughs> i can't keep up gonna read it again with your baby. library i'm a big yeah i'm a big shelley head <laughs> okay um, well, Jason, I don't know where we should go here. I think we could go... Go to battery. Assault and battery? Just battery. Oh, just battery. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get to construction from battery. But okay, I'm confident. Battery is a criminal offense involving unlawful physical contact distinct from assault, which is the act of creating apprehension of such contact. Contact. Battery is a specific common law offense, although the term is used more generally to refer to an unlawful, offensive physical contact with another person. Battery is defined at American common law as, quote-unquote, any unlawful and unwanted touching of the person of another by the aggressor or by the substance put in motion by him. Welcome to WikiU Law. 
What about uh, invasion of privacy? I feel like a backseat driver invades in my privacy. Uh, <laughs> that might be a stretch. Do you see it on here? Uh, yeah, I see it right there. Oh, okay. Oh, there's all sorts of options here, though. Let's. Or just... is there a uh, see also a regular battery, like see? a car battery? That's where my head. <laughs> well, was we at. could go to robbery. Robbery, oftentimes, carjacking. Yeah. Carjack isn't carjackings here like up sixty nine percent? Oh, I just okay. So I'm don't keep up with L A news okay. that much. Okay, why is that? You live in L A. I live in L A. and I don't I don't pay attention to the mm, news. Gotta anyway, stay informed. But uh, I was talking to someone today, and we're just hanging out, and he's telling me crimes way up, and I'm like, uh huh, okay. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, crimes up, and then <laughs> you're like. I'm white. I don't worry about things like that. No, white people worry about crime, dude. White people. They're the most be. worried. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was white. And he was like, yeah, it's the DA, right? And I was like, I don't know. I just kind of, and then he repeated back to me. He goes, you don't know. And then he turned to the other person we were with like, I don't know who this bozo is over here. What? But then he went into all this talk about how... That's bullshit. He's going to try to fucking shame... He he was using his hubris to shame you because you don't keep up with fucking what's going... The ins and outs of the fucking district attorney of Los Angeles? (laughs) Fuck off, dude. Who is this guy? I don't like him. Our district attorney isn't Two-Faced. If it was Two-Faced, I'd be keeping up. Yeah, the camera's rolling. That's a new Batman right there. But but anyway, he was telling me about how in Beverly Hills, there's criminals following people hopping into an Uber. Yeah, good. Then they follow the Uber to their home. I like it. And follow keep them the in crime the in Beverly Hills. Yeah, keep it in Beverly yeah. Hills. If a DA says that, you got my vote. Keep the crime in Beverly Hills. I, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the DA says. <laughs> keep the crime in Beverly Hills. Yeah. I'm in. So yes, it's a shame that Beverly Hills is crime ridden now. So yeah, I'll go ahead and pour one out later for them. All right. Do you want to go to robbery and then try yeah, to yeah, get? Yeah. To, what did? What is it called when they carjack? Stick up. It's a carjacking, right? Yeah. All right, robbery. We all know what robbery is. Robbery is from yeah. It's like no. This should lead us into the because oh, it's a like property. Theft, car I see it right theft. there. Carjacking. I went oh. to car theft. You went to. There's carjacking as well. Oh, keep your fantasies out of this. Carjacking right there. I think it's going to go to the same. No, No, different article. Okay. And what was. We don't have to go to 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 backseat driving. You hate to carjack. Not not necessarily. That is not a guarantee that because we get there, we're going to find our topic in the sea also. It'll be sea also. I don't know. We'll see also our way all the way to. We'll see also. Umeril. Carjacking is a robbery in which the item taken over is a motor vehicle. In contrast to car theft, carjacking is usually in the presence and knowledge of the victim. Okay, right. what's that's, like, worse, that's Grand Theft Auto style. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. What's worse is if the victim stays in the car and they're like, no, no, turn right here. Oh, yeah. They like get in the back seat and then they just start giving you directions. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part is when they honk the horn, it's like that is the most the invasion of pride. Yeah. Oh, who's I, in your car that's doing that? Is it Lizard? She did it once. Oh. I almost turned the car around. <laughs> that was, I've never Into been violated traffic. in my space like that. Look, you've seen the way I drive. I not I take good. it seriously. It's not, it's not good. It's the best. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a mediocre at best. A police officer literally shook my hands after he saw me parallel park. 
I cannot repeat this enough. This happened in Washington, D.C., right? <laughs> no joke. Shook People in hand. the city cannot cannot parallel park. Okay. That's that's a known thing. And yeah. I'm sure maybe it was that, that block that, or that, that area. Ooh, that's kind of more driving adjacent. That's parking. I'm Jason. I'm driving. Oh, yeah. Bougie Jason. Bougie Jason. Jason with an H, motherfuckers. Go on. No, I'm right there. I'm okay, a cop complimented you on your parallel parking. Yeah, that's all. And you just said, I think you said, I cannot stop telling people about yeah, this. No, and I'm then not, you're like, yeah. I'm done. I'm done telling people. Yeah, no. I mean, after the law respects the way I drive, I'm like, okay, cool. I think that's enough he for me. He handed you his badge and his gun, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You're going to want this. <laughs> okay, commercial vehicles such as trucks and armored cars may be targets of carjacking attempts. Carjacking usually involve physical violence to the victim, similar to mugging. The term carjacking was coined in 1991. I would have thought... Earlier? Earlier, yeah. Because, I mean, Ice-T was throwing it around, not a jacker in sight, like in 1992. Well, Ice-T might have coined it, yeah. Well, I feel like that... I mean, Ice-T, Ice Cube. But I think getting jacked is a word in itself where, like, you're getting robbed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He all jacked right. me. He jacked me all over the place. I couldn't hey, stop him from hey, jacking. Hey, no, no, no. I know what you're saying. I don't know what you're Oh, jacked you all over the place. You couldn't stop him from jacking you? Yeah, like I barely had anything left. I was like, he, yeah. <laughs> he jacked all my stuff. He took your car, and by the time he got in, it was a mess. I was, let's just say I was bone dry. Okay, let's not say that. Oh, uh... Where do you want to go here? I mean, maybe we should try to get to... Car. Car. Where's car? Bottom left. Don't scroll on that. Now it's middle left. Just point... Oh, car. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Perfect. I see traffic. I feel like we Ooh, should... I see highway. I see Highway 401. Highway Ooh. 401 in you Ontario, can go to trans- Canada. Transportation. No, that's the application. That's too much. I... All right, let's go. All right, I'm trying, baby. Are you sure cars not film the car the film cars? Uh, a car is a wheeled motor vehicle. Yeah, yeah, we know that they came into global use during the 20th century and developed economic uh, and developed economies depended on them. There you go. Developed economies. The year I heard a pretty hollow in there. Not much going on in this skull of mine. <laughs> That it hurts, does it? Does Not it? that much. Really? You want to give it a shot? No. no, hit your own head. Give it a shot. No, I don't want to hit my own head. I do wear a helmet at all times. Um, maybe it's my finger that is making most of the noise. Maybe. Usually my finger makes most of the noise, too. When you're getting jacked? The year 1886 is regarded as the birth year of the car when German inventor Carl Benz patented his Benz patent motorwagen. Cars became widely available in the 20th century. One of the first cars accessible to the masses was the 1908 Model T, an American car manufactured by the Ford Motor Company. Okay. Um, what was the name of the system that Ford used? What was it like? The, the assembly line? The assembly line, yeah. Do you think a car is born at the end of the assembly line or in the beginning? Oh, that's a great question. Is it when the first bolt gets laid on the assembly line? I think it when they sl- or is it when they slap on that license plate? No, the license plate. You got to go to the DMV for that. You got a no, lot dealer, of paperwork. The dealer. 
Dealer. Yeah. Dealer. Well, the dealer isn't at the factory. They got to ship these things. Yeah, but the dealer will hook you up with the license. I bet back in the day you could go right down to the factory, pick up the Model T. That's true. But I think a car is born. (sighs) I think once the engine starts. For the first time. Yeah, it's the beating heart of the car. That is true. That is true. But they have to test it beforehand, right? Yeah, that's true. The steering's got to work, too. There's... Look. It's a little dicey. It's a little dicey. Yeah, yeah a lot of people are on the fence. When a car is born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got to have wheels on what, it. Yeah. At what stage in the assembly line can you stop producing that car? Mm, probably like eight months in. <laughs> I forgot that to build one model t- <laughs> to build one model T is a nine month commitment. It's well, actually, it's ten month. months. A lot of people say nine, but it's a ten month process. That is a slow assembly line. That it takes nine months to get one car out. Hey, man, we're living in a wild world. Okay, so we're trying to get to backseat driver. So should we just get to like drive? Well, wait, wait. Let's 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 uh, peruse around a little bit because I see little things like uh, parking fees. Let's see maintenance roads, land use, road congestion. You're air just pollution. looking at links now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just sniffing around for some links that can be like <laughs> a part. Like like for instance, there was that other one. Uh, what is, what is it called? Um, rubber necking? Rubber necking? Oh, yeah. Rubber I ne- hate, oh, I hate rubber neck. Rubber accident? Ne- rubber necking? Yeah. I hate rubber necking. Ooh. I also hate when people slow down when there is a cop that already has pulled has somebody over. No, oh, that has yeah. pulled somebody We've over. We've talked about that yeah, it's off like, the podcast. Okay. Where it's just like, hey, we don't need to Yeah, you're going to fly down by ten... this cop and the cop's going, that person's going Way five faster. miles per hour faster than this person yeah. was going. I got to get so out dumb. there. It's just so dumb. Well, I hate when there's traffic for an accident. Yeah. It, it always makes me say, this better be worth it. This better be this good. This better be a good accident. I better see maybe something damage that guillotine could have done. Last week? Yeah. I was in that situation. Yeah. We're driving up to Big Body Bear, bags? White Bones. Stacked up? I'm like, there better be people that have died. Better be there, a multifamily car in there. It was it was a four or five lane highway. They had it blocked down to one lane. Oh, like every highway around here? Because a Coca-Cola truck Ooh. fully tipped on its side. Damn. There was Diet Coke all over uh, the highway. Diet? Oh, that sucks. You don't need to stay for that. If it was Mexican Coke, though. I'd stay there for a little bit, try to grab a little myself. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that sweet, sweet goodness. But they did. I saw it on the news later because I keep up with local news. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> what's, ha- the, what's the DA up to? Oh, uh, no good. <laughs> oh, no good. <laughs> Wait, our DA is Italian? Oh, I am a doing a no good. Uh, I am a Los Angeles <laughs> district of attorney. <laughs> what, no good? No good. Anyway, they had to get a crane out there to tip this truck up. Damn. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening with the Diet Coke truck. So Supply wait, chain. so you saw this, or the crane was already there? It was traffic was that slow. You they were you had, rubbernecking? I was rubbernecking for sure. I mean, not every day you see a, uh, but yeah. it was Diet Coke. Now I'm not impressed. Coca Cola, yeah. yeah. Maybe an ink. Oh, I hope the guy in the Inca Cola truck doesn't yeah, get tipped over. Freaking sticky streets after that, though, man. Oh yeah, lots of flies too. The bees, the flies, swarms. That sucks. Anyway, all right, let's try to get to accident rubbernecking. I feel like if we got to accident rubbernecking, that's that's a strong possibility. Yeah, 
or driving backseat driver, but I feel yeah, let's, like... Yeah, let's swim in this for a little bit. Keep going down. All or right. Le, well, Safety. Let's, yeah. We have, let's do it. We have done this before. We've taken this route to something else. This exactly like cars? Like a car route? Pretty close. Traffic collisions are the largest cause of injury-related deaths worldwide. A number of factors contribute to the risk of collisions, including vehicle design, speed of operation, road design, weather, road environment, driving skills, impairment due to alcohol or drugs, and behavior, notably aggressive driving, distracted driving, speeding, and street racing. In 2013, 54 million people worldwide sustained injuries from traffic collisions. This resulted in 1.4 million deaths in 2013, up from 1.1 million deaths in 1990. Damn. A milli, a milli, a milli, milli, milli. I was one of those millions. Not you the death didn't part. Die. Well, not the death part. Well, this is a big article, but I do see road design down here. Jason. I don't know what you know about me, but not, I did. Not much. You do like design things, I guess. I once did design things. You I once did? I did de- road design in college. Oh, actual road design? Actual road design. Oh, I thought you were uh, leading me towards your um, landscaping background. Your ran- well, landscape no, design. I, landscape architecture, architecture is quite a broad major, okay. and it includes road design, oh, okay. civil Makes engineering. Sense. Um, but we could get to road design like concrete or asphalt or something like that. I mean, yeah, if you're you're going to design a road, you kind of need construction. Yeah, I guess. You got to build that road. Got to build that road. Do you want to go to road design? Yeah. All right. Something I learned from road design, and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, is speed limits. You can go like double that speed and still stay on the road. Like, it's hard to go off the road based on the speed limit. Yeah, there's also a big, oh, oh highway design. Well, first it said street design. Now we're on highway engineering? Or it leads us to that? I, I clicked on road design and it took us to highway engineering. Okay. Um, I really do. I like myself a, a, a good road. Like, a road where I don't even list, I don't even pay attention to speed limits. Okay. Okay. So, wait. I let the road... Yeah, yeah, Oh, let I me explain. I let the road guide me onto what the speed limit I should be. Because a good uh, highway engineer or or a uh, architect, road designer. road designer, usually a civil engineer designs the roads. I had no business dabbling in road design. To be if, clear, if they're smart and they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. they make it so that the road itself kind of. Is shaped in the way everything from what trees are planted to the the size of the sidewalks or the size of the what's in between, like you know, the grass and the sidewalks. The median. Everything. No, 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 not the median. I'm still talking about oh, the, the side. strip. Okay, yeah. you're only on the side. And so it's just like it's the way they design the road that I like to do my speed limit as. So, for instance, if there's a road. That it says like 35, but it's built like you should go slower than that. I'm going to go slower than that. You're like it's tight. It's too tight. Then they have in, these. Ro- then they have these roads that are super it's intuitive, wide. Intuitive is what you're the, saying. The, the roads are. They're built intuitive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just say you're very intuitive. No, it's not me, but it's not me. I'm saying I like to look for the road. I don't pay attention to speed limits. Right, just... so you're intuitive as to what you're experiencing. I think that's yeah, very yeah. good driving. 
I know. I keep telling you, but you keep well, shitting on I, me every time I say a cop shook my hand. I've been in the car with you. and <laughs> yeah. yeah? Yeah. You don't like it? There are moments that I like. There are moments that I Because I drive well? Well, hey. Because I, I drive better than you? It's fine. It's fine. Look, I get it. I'm not in any contest for driving. My Hubers might take me down, and I don't mind. As, oh. long, as, I'm in a, <laughs> yeah. as long as I'm in a car, as long as I'm in the driver's seat... <laughs> Well, I'm just happy you're learning. I just hope you're in the passenger seat when we go down. Okay. Highway engineering is an engineering discipline branching from civil engineering that involves the planning, design, construction. There's no link here to construction, though. Operation and maintenance of roads, bridges, and tunnels to ensure safe and effective transportation of people and goods. Highway engineering became prominent towards the latter half of the 20th century after World War II. Standards of highway engineering are continuously being improved. Highway engineers must take into account future traffic flows, design of highway intersections, interchanges, geometric alignment and design, highway pavement materials and design, structural design of pavement thickness and pavement maintenance. There is a rumor that I heard that they designed highways after World War II in order to be able to land a plane on them, just in case, like land a bomber. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's hmm. why. That's when the interstate highways took off, after World War II. Oh. But was that coincidence? I can really tell that in L.A., like they weren't really expecting to have this many vehicles and people. The way it's just built, it's just so... Yeah. Fucking dangerous. Especially some of the on-ramps. They're just like side streets that like... That's why I am glad that I am... That I am such a goddamn great driver. I mean... Yeah. And I I don't like people who drive conservatively. You know? <laughs> Jason, yeah. I don't think I've told you this enough, but I'm very proud of your driving. Eh, no, I don't need you to be. I'm proud enough. <laughs> I'm proud enough for myself. All right. After that cop shook my hand, it was a different story. Should we go down to construction, maintenance, and management? Uh, can you hit up construction? Is that by itself or not yet? Uh, well, I see it at the top, but it's not. But I also, I did work for a civil engineer right out of college for seven years, which is, the I, oddly enough, it's the same amount of time that the guillotine guy <laughs> lasted at his, his tenure. job. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I took my computer to a pawn shop and I said, you got to take this out of my hand. <laughs> it's my source of income. Uh, Your father was a civil engineer. Your father's father nah, was a civil engineer. No, no, no. no. <laughs> then you didn't. Then that was cool. Then you didn't bring shame on your family like oh, that guy did. Thank goodness. Yeah. Anyway, but all we did were construction. Pro I mean, we did design for construction projects right. and people took the plans. They built it. So I feel like we could get to construction through civil engineering or. We could keep going down here. I mean, I do see construction, maintenance, and management. We're also looking like design and consideration if we wanted to try to get to... I want to get to construction. Rubbernecking or backseat driver. I mean, we kind of left traffic collisions, so that might be tough. No, I said we go full-on construction stuff. All right. So you want to go down to construction, we're, maintenance? We're, and we're already like, uh, you know, edging construction. I'm edged so up well, hard. Yeah, why Highway go back to cars and stuff? I don't see any links down. Oh, I see road and construction. Highway construction is generally preceded by detailed surveys and 
subgrade preparation. The methods and technology for constructing highways has evolved over time and become increasingly sophisticated. The advancement in technology has raised the level of skill sets required to manage highway construction projects. The skill varies from project to project depending on factors such as the project's complexity and nature. I mean, they're just describing all aspects of construction here. The California bearing ratio. Oh, that's four to six. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I four have to a, six? What? I seconds think, I fall asleep if I, you talk about this more? Yes. All right. Bearing ratio? What is that? Well, it appears that it has to do with concrete, I think, but or soil stabilization. Something about, you know, you got to stabilize the ground before you put a highway on there. All right, let's apparently, move on, Jason. Apparently we can't just dig holes in our backyard. Well, like I said, I, we could go to civil engineering and try to get to construction that way. Take the lead. Uh, let's just go for construction, unless there's a C also there. All right. Oh, there could be a C also. I'm on civil thought, engineering. Thought, thought, thought. Yeah, we already... Ooh, look at that big uh, stack interchange. Oh, that is a big stack interchange. Yeah, that's where they can really land a couple planes there. That's in Shanghai, When you China. say land a plane, that reminds me of the bad Die Hard, where they land a plane on the highway. There was like a... Sh there was a yeah, there was like a jet on the highway. So... There were the first three diehards. Yes. And then they kind of rebooted yeah. the diehard franchise. How many were in the second set of diehards? Just two, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it this was... is the second of the second set of diehards. No, it was the first of the second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first of the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my grandfather's father. <laughs> yeah, my, my grandfather was a diehard, diehard fan. <laughs> My father's father was a diehard, diehard fan. <laughs> oh, man. And my father's father's father was a diehard, diehard, diehard die fan. fan. Yeah. All right. So They're all dead. They died. Hard, <laughs> hard, hard, bro. I'm talking hard. Hans Gruber got him? Hans Gruber, hard. <laughs> okay. <simple>. Capital. <laughs> Capital. <laughs> That's that German age. Capital. Right <laughs> Civil engineering is a professional engineering discipline that deals with the design, construction, and maintenance. Ooh, it's a discipline of the like boot camp. Yeah, a little bit, and maintenance of the physical and naturally built environment, including public works such as roads, bridges, canals, dams, airports, sewage systems, pipelines, structural components of buildings, and railways. Well, it's a long article here, Jason. There's sub-disciplines. I know you like a good sub. Like me some discipline. Oh, <laughs> my, my, my. Um, there's education, material science, and engineering. Anything in here jump out at you? We're trying to Constru get... Well, no, construction, engineering. We were there, right? Or no? No, we weren't. No, I'm just looking for construction, man. Let's do it up. All right, construction, engineering. Construction, engineering involves planning. I don't see it there. Uh, and execution, earthquake engineering. There's environmental engineering, which deals with the environment, solid waste treatment, recycling, and hazard. What do you think the aspect of engineering is? You know how, like, doctors have to pick a major, a focus? Like, there's butt doctors. Right. You don't go into medical school thinking, I want to do butts, Right. What I mean, do you think, yeah, like, I just go to regular school and say I want to do butts. Exactly. What do you think the butt doctor of engineering is? I kind of think it's got to be the 
hazardous waste management or solid waste management. You're just dealing in solid poop. Solid waste is that is that that's, poop. that's people people poop. That's people pe- waste. That's people poop. That's animal poop. It's yeah. Hazardous waste. I mean, why can't that just fall under hazardous as well? I feel like it's also pretty hazard to be. Around poop, yeah, around around fecal (laughs) matter, like don't those also give you like diseases, right? Can't that also? um, But yeah, I would, I would, I would have to guess. Yes, the person who has to either deal with literal shit or find out exactly how to recycle a battery because I still don't know how. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you've been leaving your batteries at my house. Every time I come to your house, I leave one battery. Drop a few batteries, and I've been burying them in the ground. Yeah, so which is what you're supposed to do, apparently. Um, and lithium, real like real thick lithium batteries. <laughs> now you're supposed to slice them open. I first. slice them open. Let them bleed into the ground, and then yeah, you have that hole in the backyard, and we just toss them in there. Well, Jason, I see a million links here. I can think... I see that bridge real quick. There was a bridge. Oh yeah. Oh look at that. That's a... wow. That's now that's some engineering. The I like f- that. Well, it kind of ends. The Fairkirk Wheel in Scotland. What is it? I'm just going to hover. I'm just going to hover over Fairkirk Wheel real quick here. I can't X out of the picture. The Fairkirk Wheel. It's killing me here, man. Can okay. you? Can you go back? Just go, no, just, no, no, like right there. Uh, the little back button. Oh, nope, that took picture. me to the Hoover Dam. Ah, I'm out. The Fairkirk Wheel is a rotating boat lift in Fairkirk, uh, in central Scotland, connecting the 4th and Clyde Canal. Okay, so it kind of picks boats up in the water? I guess. I don't know. What what is that for? Uh, well, usually canals, you know, they go in lifts. So it's to get you from a low point to a high point. Oh. So, like, they close off sections. The boat goes in, or... The boat goes into a section. They bring the walls up. They fill oh, it up with water. Let's not block my light. It's oh, good. sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's good for camera. Okay, so there's sections here, right? The okay. boat goes into the section. They put the walls up. They fill it with water. The boat floats up to the next level. Then the boat pulls forward. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't like the way that seems dangerous to me. I think they're very pretty to look at, though. I like the what is it called? F- the Fakirk. F- yeah, the Fakirk f- wheel. Fuck-Kirk wheel. All right, Jason, I see construction all the way down here at the bottom. At sea also? Oh, no. Oh, it's like a it's, category. It's like subsea also. Yeah, it's. I think... I wonder what you call that. <gasps> that makes you sick, doesn't it? Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach. God. Let's go to construction, man. We started more specific. We're going broad here. I don't know. It's got to be in here if it's anywhere. Construction. Construction, construction site it... TV series. What? Uh, it's the top one. Oh, you want to go to construction site, the TV series? (laughs) Coming to NBC this fall, the new workplace comedy, construction site. Funny enough, it says it used to be a British children's TV series. All right, well, uh, close enough. Yeah. That sounds about right. Construction is a general term meaning the art and science to form object system. What is it? I I just thought that's why those guys do it, because it is like an art. They're watching painters paint. Oh, you mean the what are we, the Umeril? Yeah, they're what? Oh, yeah. it's kind of like it goes Saint... a little. It's a little bit more deeper than just yeah. old guys having nothing to do. You know, it starts with curiosity and stems from there. Yeah, it's kind of like seeing a person in Gay Paris. Gabe, 
Yeah. Uh, paint along the river and paint like, you know, a, a city scene. Right. Yeah. And people hover over them and they're like, what are they up to? Right, right. I mean, it's the same thing. And uh, hey, I think anything that is built by human hands is an art in a sort of way, right? Am I correct? A sort of way. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ins and outs to it. So, it, yeah. Yeah. But still, even if it's like mass produced or like uh, in sort of, sort of like a corporate mm. way, it's still assembly as, line. A, it's way. still a type of art. It may uh, not be the oh, one. Now it's a debate. It may not be the one that you like or that you think is worth, you know, to look at or to live or to own, but. Well, I, w- art. I would argue there's a, there is an art to anything, meaning like, all right, you're a trash collector, but the way you spin the bags into the back of the truck, like you had to learn the best way of doing that. Or, hmm. you know, in L.A., we have the ones, that, the arms that go in and flip it up. Yeah. But being able to get a trash can on like a hilly street that's tucked between two cars and flip it into the, that's an art. I mean, it is, and but I feel like the truck itself is the art oh, piece. Now we're talking about mechanical engineering. Well, the truck itself is the art piece. I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't think that the the act is mm. not the art. I feel the the, the thing truck. that that commits the act is the art. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. The thing, but who is controlling the thing that commits the act? Well, that's the, the, that's the operator. No, that's the operator. Maybe we're talking about craftsmanship versus art. Yeah, we got to move on I here, mean, man. Yeah. We got to wrap this podcast up. In its most widely used context, construction covers the process involved in delivering buildings, infrastructure, industrial facilities, and associated activities through to the end of their life when Jason crashes into them with his Jeep. It typically starts with planning, financing, and design and continues until the asset is built and ready for use. Oh, that kind of goes back to the car. When does a car become a car? When does a building become a building? Yeah, when you're inside of it and things are happening. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Okay, we got to cut the tape. We got to pause this. I'm getting a little hot and bothered here. Or is a build? Do you think a a building's like one of the of a building's um, milestones is somebody jumping off of it? <laughs> do they have a wingsuit on? Are they wearing a wingsuit? No, this is <laughs> this is pure like Monday, straight up fun. <laughs> the straight up Mondays, yeah. <laughs> case of the mondays you remember when we a strong case of the monday yeah when, the wingsuit yeah no no i was oh, gonna oh. say the the girl that uh that shot the school up in san diego because something about her it mondays, was mondays. yeah she, she don't like a, the mondays she had a garfield syndrome <laughs> yeah, she ate too much lasagna on sunday wasn't feeling good all right the construction industry contributes significantly to many countries gross domestic products yes. Global expenditure on construction activities was about $4 trillion in 2012. I would have expected that to be higher. Today, expenditures on the construction industry exceeds $11 trillion a year. Okay, now we're talking. Equivalent to about 13% of global GDP, this spending was forecast to rise to around $14.8 trillion in 2030. All right. This is a huge article, Jason. I think 
I don't history. know. Let's onset, start at the history. Ons- okay, I am curious. Early onset construction. Early onset construction. The first part of becoming an umeral. Actually, we probably don't want to look at the um, history of construction because okay. I feel like it's heavy on the slavery. The first right, huts the Egyptians and, and so? no, it preceded slavery. The first huts and shelters were constructed by hand or with simple tools as cities grew during the Bronze Age. Okay, we immediately jumped to the uh, probably slavery portion. <laughs> <laughs> as cities grew during the Bronze Age, a class of professional craftsmen like bricklayers and carpenters appeared. Just walked out of the woods. Okay, occasionally, 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 occasionally. Who wrote this Wikipedia article? Probably the Chinese. Slaves were used for construction work. In the Middle Ages, the artisan craftsmen were organized into guilds. In the 19th century, steam-powered machinery appeared, and later diesel and electric-powered vehicles such as cranes and excavators and bulldozers. Okay, they really did gloss over the slavery part. Yeah, especially I feel like, you know, the Egyptians were like the number numero uno constructor, construction site. They were having the Jews pull those big blocks all the way to the top of the pyramids. That's what I learned from Where's Waldo. What? You don't remember Where's Waldo? There was like an Egyptian scene. Wait, Waldo's Jewish? No, he wasn't pulling the blocks. Uh. (laughs) Oh. There was an Egyptian scene. I do slightly remember that. No. But Waldo is Jewish. Waldo was taking the stance of when good people do nothing. <laughs> he was just standing around. Yeah, he's just there, yeah. But these Egyptians in this Where's Waldo book had like whips and they're like yes, hitting the I do slaves. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's kind of like building a guillotine in fourth grade. There, we were really exposed to a lot there. That's true. Well, was it a finger guillotine? Yes, yeah. <laughs> just the tip. Um, okay, I'm going back to the table of contents here. On-site construction. Should we just jump to the sea also, Jason? I feel like if we're going to find... Legal, finance, planning, design. Is there anything that has to be with like society? Is there any... Mm, skilled trades, people... Economic I'm, activity. Nope. I mean, on-site construction... Oops. Yeah, go th- that went to commissions on site. Oh, boy, everyone is, likes to be on site. This is pretty short. Once contractors and other relevant professionals have been appointed and designs are sufficiently advanced, work may commence on the project site. Typically, a construction site will include a secure perimeter to restrict unauthorized access, site access control points. So we need to we need the people that they're trying to restrict. That's yeah, what we need here. The people that want access. Um Whoa, China's number one in construction. A lot of manpower in China. Yeah, China's you know number one in a lot of things right now. We can keep going down. All right. Careers. Can you get a career as a dude standing at the fence? Uh, see also. Is it in there? Yep. Umarel. It's, the, it's literally the last word of the article. Click it. Oh, wait. Let's do it. Are you repronouncing Umarel? Is that what? Umarel. Yeah. Umarel? Yeah. I like to bring the Umarel up. All right. We are on Umarel or Umarel. Or how else do you. Um, Amaral. 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 
All right, umeral is a term referring specifically to men of retirement age who spend their time watching construction sites, especially roadworks, stereotypically with hands clasped behind their back and offering unwanted advice. Its literal meaning is, quote-unquote, little man. The term is employed as lighthearted mockery or self-deprecation. The modern term was popularized in 2005 by local writer Danilo Massadi through two books and an associated blog. Jeez. In 2021, the word was included in the Zigarelli Dictionary. If it's not Webster, it's not my dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone heard of the Zigarelli Dictionary? In 2015, the city of Riccione, approximately 80 miles southeast of Bologna, is it pronounced Bologna? My Bologna has a first name, and its last name as well is the same thing or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I never, I never, I never ate. I ne- I have never Ugh. ate Bologna. I, that's not true. Maybe like once or twice. I tried but it once worst, or twice. Like why would I asked? Because I was like, why are kids? Why do these other kids have Bologna? Doesn't look good. It's like pink. Can and... you get me some, mom? And it's I think it's a mashup. It's like. I grew up on mortadella. It's the Skrillex of meats. See, do mashups? What Skrillex? The girl talk of meats. The panda. I forget what Skrillex is. The DJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Who's the panda guy? Panda guy? There's a panda guy that does mashups. It doesn't matter. Cut this out. Marshmallow? Marshmallow. The marshmallow of meats. There's a panda guy, too. Oh, okay. Does he wear a panda hat? No, marshmallow. I think he wears like a marshmallow marshmallow hat or something like that. Yeah, with two X's or something like that. Okay, in 2015, uh, I just read that. In uh, April 2018, the oh. public square was inaugurated by city councilor. Councilor? <laughs> Matteo Lepur. The district president, Simone Bazzari, the lord of the Umerals. Ooh, lord. Oh. Lord Franco. Franco Bonani. The stand-up comedian Mazuri Pagarelli and the writer Danilo 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 Mascotti. There's no even C. There's no C in there. Masati. Masati. A year later, the street sign for the square was stolen. So they had a sign like this is the area to watch. I don't know. You jumped. You skipped two years here, Jason. This is a short article. In 2016, the local cultural association something. Uh, which means it happens, it only happens in Bologna, released the, so this word came from Italy. Anyway. Bologna? <laughs> yes. Bologna. <laughs> Umeral. Yeah, that's right. Uh, released the Umeral card as a fundraiser for continued restoration of the San Pietro Petronino Church. Separately, a smartphone app called Umerals was released uh, that tracked the location of ongoing road work and that's construction funny. sites. So they used now that that's as a good a app. Fundraiser. Yeah, no, that's a good app, though. That is a good app. It's niche. I mean, it's going to get, yeah. It'll help you avoid traffic, too, probably. Oh, that's true. The fast food restaurant chain Burger King also hired several Umerals as part of a social media marketing campaign promoting its increased presence in the country. Old people do love hanging out at fast food places. 
At fast food places? Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times. I don't go to fast food places. I wouldn't know. I don't really either, but I'm aware. I'm aware of what's in the zeitgeist. I haven't even been to In-N-Out in six months that I've lived here. Sorry, you're not rich. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a five guys kind of guy. Ooh, I bet you are. Yeah. I bet they're jacking you all over the place. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Old people hang out at fast food restaurants in the morning. I think they get together as like small groups. I thought I always thought the stereotype they go to malls. They walk around. They do malls too. They do Panera breads. That's a common one. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't wait for retirement when we hang out at all these Panera places. breads and go to the mall and walk. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, you got to walk off that soup. In April 2020, the comic magazine Topolino dedicated an episode to the Umeral, uh, Gerin- I don't know. This is all in Italian. Anyway, that's it, man. They're old people that watch construction sites. There's a board game. Yeah, can I be honest? I thought it was going to be at least, <clears throat> uh, you know, back-ended with some sort of like, yeah, that's that's how they get off. Like, that's how that's what gets them going. Why, Jason? Why do you got to go there? What? I mean, you know, old people can't get off. You don't know that. Not all old people. All right. Well. With today's technology? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they're not on construction sites. What if? What Wait, if, is this guy? This I'm guy willing is, to bet a okay. few of them pop a couple of those blue pills. Okay, you know, then get, what happens? Get nice and stiff, and you know, twelve o'clock, and then boom, they go over there. You know, and do what? And, you know, poke in through the they fence. They watch the jackhammers go. They poke you, in through the you fence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They poke it in through the fence. Anyway, all right, that's the, that's the episode. Jason. Oh, you've never poked it in through the fence? No, I've never <laughs> poked it into the fence. Not yet. Not yet, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we did it. That was nuts. Umeral didn't even know that was a, a thing, and I guess it's. I like the fact that they take pro- There's no. Sh- there's no shame. There's no like. Even the only shame that this Wikipedia article throws a little bit is the fact that they throw in that they like to give what is it advice or like unwanted advice. Unwanted advice, and they stand with their hands clasped behind them. But I would say. That this is kind of like watching reality TV. Like, there's so many shows now where you just watch people work. Yeah, you watch people, somebody flip a house. See it in high def. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Live yeah. theater. I love it. All right. Well, that was amazing. We went from your topic, which was? Guillotine. Guillotine. Yeah. I almost forgot. To Umero. Oh, Umero. Or how do you say it? How do you want me to say it? Uh, more Italian. Italian it up. Emerale! Nailed it. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. And if you could, please rate and review the podcast. We already said that in the beginning. We did. I'm repeating it. And also, if you have a topic you want us to cover that you think would be interesting for other listeners, send us an email at wikiupod at gmail.com. And that's it. That's it. Bye. Bye.